you're listening to WRBH Radio, 88.3 FM. This is your host in New Orleans by mouth, Chef Amy Sims. Here in the studio with me today, I have Miss Abby Perkins and Mr. Alex Flores from Urban South Brewery. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, happy to be here. So for my listeners out there, I just have to disclose that uh, Miss Abby Perkins actually used to work for me. And so it's so (laughs) fun to see how our interns grow and the direction that they go in the hospitality industry. And she went from food to beer, which is kind of exciting, right? Yeah, it's a a good step to take. Play well with each other. Well, and, you know, Alex, I think that's probably a good thing to start with is – you know, food and beer. And I think there are so many of us out there that are like, you know, oh, this is the beer I like to drink. But sometimes there are beers that make your food taste better and food that makes your beer taste better. So how do we go about deciding what kind of beer we're going to put with what we're serving for dinner? Yeah, I mean, it's really up to the to the person. I, I think there's so many beer styles and the, especially down in New Orleans with the way we cook using all kind of ingredients. Uh, you know, you can almost pair anything with anything at this point. You know, everybody's making beers that taste all over uh, all over the map. So it's been it's been fun. I mean, right now, uh, IPAs are really good with crawfish. We're right in the middle of crawfish season. So a nice uh, hoppy, citrusy IPA can really cut through some of the spice on, on some crawfish and kind of really open up your palate a little bit more. Um, love dark beers, too, with crawfish. I think that's always really fun and unique and kind of get those, like, sweet chocolatey tones and um, spicy foods really works well together, but there's really no limit right now. I mean, you can go on the shelves and taps all over the place and you're tasting some of the wildest things that we've seen in the craft beer in, in a really long time. So it's, it's fun. Well, you know, I know there are so many people out there. I, and, and I hear this with people who do wine as well. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they have an entry wine to kind of get people interested. And then you start to realize that as you become a connoisseur, you're, palate changes. So for those of out th- us out there who like our, you know, as some people might say, our sad beers <laughs> because there's not a lot of flavor, but it's what we know. How do we start to decide where, like how, where to even start with all these new flavors and crazy things going on? Yeah. I mean, that that's something, uh, you know, we've, we've developed our core portfolio over the, over the past few years. And we started with a, with an IPA and a wit beer, which has coriander and orange peel and it, more similar to a blue moon. Um, we actually found that our hoppy beers have really taken over. Um, and we actually introduced a, a light lager called paradise park. And that pretty much goes well with anything, very light beer, a little bit of melon and citrus on the back end, but four and a half percent. And those type of beer you can drink every day pairs with almost any cuisine and then, you know, you can go all the way into your hoppier styles. And Abby does a really good job of spreading, you know, Paradise Park all over the place. And it fits into any market. You know, it's just a beer really accessible to anybody. And I, I can sorry. I can speak to that a little bit, too. Um, being someone who's a little younger in the industry and having, you know, your intro beers, how do you find a love for craft? And it, it's funny. Some people say dark beers are their intro. Um, Guinness is a super approachable beer, low ABV and um, it's either that dark route or it's that, like, classic light lager route that are really getting people into it. But I always feel like beer is an acquired taste. Probably the first time that you drank your dad's beer, like, you didn't <laughs> like it. Right. And so it is just a level of, like, okay, I like this style now. 
if you want to try something new, it's just like the next level of acquisition. So um, it's fun, though. We specifically make a lot of styles that maybe aren't as commonplace, like our Goza. That's something you'll find a lot in New Orleans, but um, it is not your typical or traditional So let's beer go flavor. there. So let's, for people out there that are used to, you know, their their typical light beer, mm-hmm. we're throwing them out around words like IPA and lager and wit and goza. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a point where my eyes start to blur over, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, just just give me a beer, you know? Right. So what do these things mean? What what are the, like, what do you expect in an IPA? What do you expect in a wit and makes it what it is? Yeah, so IPA is, is generally going to be your, your hoppier beer. It's going to be in the 6 to 7% range. Um, they range from a very bitter beer um, to the Six newer. 6 to 7%. Alcohol by volume. Okay. And <laughs> the, uh, yeah, they can range from, from being very bitter. They can also be very sweet. Um, you're seeing people add uh, fruit now, so a lot of fruited IPAs. So these things, they become more accessible um, when you're like, oh, I, I like mango. I would maybe like this mango IPA, and you can kind of relate to it a little bit differently so it's not as scary. Um, same thing with a Goza, which is a salted uh, sour wheat beer. Um, we, we make ours with uh, lime and cucumber, and you can find it all over the city. But it's a very refreshing beer, and those are two things as well where the consumer can say, oh, I really like cucumber and I like lime, and that sounds refreshing and you have it and it's you know it's sour it might be a little abrasive at first but it's one of those things that that is a you know it's acquired it's an acquired, acquired taste yeah. and so you know i imagine it's one of those things where you're like okay i'm gonna start and i do like mango or i i've had a sour beer before and i liked it so let me try this or i like sour things so yeah. maybe i'll like it and I would imagine that people kind of their tastes change, they evaluate, but then there's that moment where you truly adopt beer and then you just get excited yeah. about it. Gets a hold of your heart. Yeah. So so what is that like? Like as a brewmaster, you know, like what was your route that in that moment when you went, oh my God, I'm so excited <laughs> about all things beer. The thing that really, I mean, growing up and, and stealing Miller High Life's out of my grandmother's uh, refrigerator, um, you know, those were those are the beers that I cut my teeth on. And, you know, you go through your college phase. And um, but what, what I really fell in love with was what the community and, and you're trying all these other people's beers and they get you very excited. And it's this whole new frontier of flavors. And really, like, I can make this at home or, you know, and you start to just learn and really just talking to people. And that's where our collaborations that we were able to do for this anniversary party coming up. Uh, we had so much fun because these are people you meet over the years and you get to develop these new flavors and new frontiers and kind of put everyone's history and, you know, all together. And Is it kind of neat, Abby, like this collaboration thing? Because I feel like in the food industry, as chefs, we get really excited whenever we can work with our buddies and cook with our buddies and come up with a dish. Um, because even though we're all kind of competing, we're... Mm-hmm. We're also, we know each other. And I imagine it's kind of like that in the beer world. So how did Urban South just, did y'all just like call up these guys and go, hey, let's make a beer? Yeah. So a lot of it, these are relationships like with uh, Austin Beer Work, our packaging manager right now, he came from there. So that was like a really organic relationship to reach out to. Alex's wife, she actually worked at Goose Island for a period of time with some of the Cruz Blanca guys. Um, So... Again, that was a familiar relationship, coming down to New Orleans, having some fun, breaking bread, brewing beer, um, 
hanging out with hanging your out, buddy yeah. and yeah. making beer. Yeah, they uh, they never been down to New Orleans, so we got to take them out and about and show them. You know, we go up to Chicago; they take care of us, so it's fun to kind of return the favor and let them see the side of New Orleans. But and craft beer again, it's such a community oriented industry, both on that local level, but within the industry itself. For our three-year anniversary, it's really nice to have people come in and be a part of that celebration nationally. So whenever you call up these guys and you're like, hey, let's collaborate on a beer, and they come down and they eat, they drink, they hang out, you make a beer, how long do you have to wait before you can actually taste that beer? Yeah, so that really depends. Uh, with the Austin Beer Works beer, it took us we're a little over three weeks, between three and four weeks. Uh, some of the smaller beers, the one we did with uh, Last Wave out of New Jersey, uh, it's about 14 days, so you can go. It can go pretty quick. It just depends on the style and if you're adding fruit and dry hopping and adding, you know, whatever else you're gonna add to the beer. But for the most part, you know, under under a month. But what's the longest you've ever had to wait to taste a masterpiece beer? <laughs> Ooh, going, a year and a half. Uh, oh my when goodness! You're, when you get into the barrel aged beer, it's uh, it takes a longer time to develop, and and you're using some different bacteria. So it's it's a whole nother can of worms. But yeah, those take a long time. But you're kind of tasting throughout the throughout that time period, just, you know, you have to taste. Are there any flavors, Alex, that you, you're you like, hey, let's try this, and then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, let's stick with the ideas that <laughs> yeah. we had before. <laughs> uh, I've, had, I've had some bad beers al- along the way. Um, I used to work with a guy out in California, not to put him on blast, but he, he would come up with some horrific uh, concoctions. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I think anything can almost work if you, if you do it in balance and um, – I'm never just throwing something in a tank. I'm always tasting it, you know, in smaller quantities first and blending and um, making tinctures and making sure that it works. Same thing with cooking. I mean, you can't just, you don't just throw it in the pot and hope it works. Right. But, uh, but yeah, we've we've had some good luck. We really haven't had too many awful things. So, so when, whenever you're drinking a beer or whenever you're making a beer, you know, and you say balance, uh, what are what are you looking for in this? Uh, for me, balanced means a beer that isn't one way or the other. It's not too much cucumber or too much lime or too sour. It's it's all of that in a nice harmony. Um, sometimes you'll have beers and they're very bitter or or so sour that it it makes your mouth pucker and you can't you can't get through an ounce of it. So for me, I I love a more subdued, subtle flavored beer. Um, you're still getting all those flavors, but they just marry really well. Um, I think that's also a key component for craft beer. I think right now we're in this like wild, wild west, and people are just going insane and adding so much hop and flavor to these beers that they're sometimes unpalatable. But, you know, with, with us, I feel like we try to stay in check and, and make sure that, you know, we kind of represent that beer as, as best as possible. So with these beers that y'all are collaborating mm-hmm. on, um, what are the flavor profiles? Because they certainly have, a, like, the labels are beautiful and they look super fancy. And, you know, as just as a consumer, I'm like, oh, I want to open this. Yeah, yeah. It I'm looks a, pretty. I'm about to crack one, actually. it. I think it's a really great example of a balanced beer, but also something that is a little bit and unexpected. Yeah. So this is one you were saying before of, of some things that um, go together that may seem a little weird on paper. Uh, this was a beer we brewed with Coronado Brewing. Uh Basically, I reached out to uh, to my friend Mark, who's the head brewer at Coronado in San Diego, and I said, what do you want to brew? You know, what's something that you've been wanting to do that your guys won't let you brew? Um, and he said uh, he wants to do a coffee sour, which are two things you wouldn't normally uh, put together. 
coffee and, and a for sour For my drink. listeners out there, I'm looking at it, and it's like this really pretty, like, raspberry lemonade pink. Yes. Yeah, and it's then, a beautiful color. But when you smell it, I... I've, I feel the espresso kind of feel so, in it. So. Yeah, so so we uh, we actually used uh, um, collaborated also with Hay uh, Hay Coffee Company on this, and they uh, they gave us this Ethiopian natural coffee. So it's got tons of uh, like jammy cotton candy flavors. So it kind of pairs really well with the fruit. We chose blueberry puree. So there's a, a ton of blueberry puree on a kettle sour beer. So there's a lot of wheat. So it's a little sweeter, a little bit of tartness, a lot of blueberry jam, but then the coffee's the just coffee like rips is off the, the total nose, finish. and it kind of rounds it out at the end, and it works in a really weird way. Um, I think everyone that's had this beer so far has reacted the same way, like, huh? You're just I'm, like kind of cool, yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's kind of cool because I'm not like a super like fancy beer palate mm-hmm. kind of girl, but <laughs> oh, I know. I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, this is kind of fun, and um. It's just tart enough to kind of get your mouth to water. A little that bit. That I feel mm-hmm. like this would be fun with food because it makes you want to take a bite of your food. With it, yeah. With it. And that's the beauty. I mean, this is a good balanced beer. It, it technically is a sour. Um, however, with all that sweet blueberry fruit, it kind of masks it a little bit. So there's a little bit of tartness on the very back. But, you know, it's not overwhelming. I, I think it's pretty approachable. And what's the name of this? This is called Blue and Bean. And where where can we get it? <laughs> so you will only be able to get it at the brewery. It is not going out for distribution. It's just a small batch that is going to be featured at the anniversary party. So actually, in theory, you'll probably only be able to get it on Saturday. Okay, so now I have to ask. Tell me about the anniversary party because I need... I need this. (laughs) (laughs) So this upcoming Saturday, the 6th, we are celebrating three years of Urban South Brewery with a family-friendly event that, uh, in theory, we will be closing down the street for the first time, weather permitting. Um, It'll be a day full of crawfish, 16 unique beers on tap, four of them being these collaboration beers, we have um, a few of our Tiki series, Gozas. Um, we're dropping some new barrel-aged beers um, that you've never seen before in the market. And um, we're rounding off the day with great music acts. So we have Hallelujah Hat Rack coming on at 11.30 in the morning, followed by Greasy Alice and Brassaholics are wrapping it up for us. So it's the kind of thing you come in, you hang out for a couple hours, and it's like a little mini festival. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have crawfish and live music. Uh, last year, we, we're gonna have a spacewalk for the kids um, or moon bounce. I'm not really sure what they call them these days. Um, but not for the grown ups after we sure. have a few beers. Yeah, not for the grown. Maybe we've seen them slide in there before. But. And what else will we have? We'll have Taco Cat food truck. Aphrodisiac will be out there. And then shout out to our tap room manager, Evan. He's with Gulf Coast Crawfish, and he does a mean boil. So if you're not able to come out on Saturday, we do crawfish Thursday, Friday, and Sunday every other week. And what time do y'all do crawfish uh, Thursday, Friday, and Sundays? Usually the first first boil is out by 4 on Thursday and Friday, and then Sunday it's a little bit earlier in the day. Yeah, I think it's around noon. He usually gets the first batch out. Awesome. But yeah, he's been his his crawfish are great. So he's been doing a really good job with that. 
So are we, I know that in this town right now, everybody's about their crawfish. And I feel like uh, no, just like a gumbo, no two crawfish boils mm-hmm. are the mm-hmm. same. But to be able to have 16 choices of what you get to drink with your crawfish boil just kind of completely takes it to a whole yeah, that, other level. It's a unique. It's going to be a unique one. And we're very excited. All these beers are very different. Um, I don't think we did anything too similar. Right now, the 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 craze is everything is hazy IPAs and these very sweet, juicy, um, dry hopped um, IPAs. And I think we stayed away from that. We still have some offerings in that category, but I think we did a good job of spreading out the field a little bit. So we're really excited. I've gotten a lot of texts saying that we have a very unique list, and it's refreshing to see that. So it's always good to hear. But. Well, so what do you have any things in the works that we have to like wait for or anything that is post anniversary? Yeah. And I haven't even thought of posting. <laughs> I'm still stressed out about that. But I'm trying to think. We do have um we're gonna have a beer I'm developing right now for the hop festival at Courtyard Brewery, which is on four twenty. Um it's going to be a sour milkshake IPA, so that means that it has milk sugars in it. So it's really creamy and rich with a little bit of tartness, so similar to this sour beer. And I'm going to do almond, uh, vanilla, and cocoa nibs on top of it. So it's going to be this kind of like milkshakey mess with some nice, delicious hops on top. So it'd be I, kind of a weird one. It's but. kind of fun to hear um, the way that you... Urban South describes their beers, you know, because like they have, I know y'all have the Paradise Park, which is one of my favorites, but the um, like Carpe Rosé and I'm looking at one that says Snowball and you start to realize like, hey, just the coming up with the names and descriptions has got to be pretty fun. It is really fun. And these labels have been, I love these wallpaper ones that, that are on the Snowball Juice. Um they're, they're just really unique. But, yeah, Snowball is such a big thing down here, and it's, it's we're about to be in that season once these cold waves stop coming, and we can uh, start enjoying some Snowballs. But these are, yeah, these are really fun. This is a big, hazy, uh, very sweet, juicy IPA, a um, lot of hop flavor. And then we did a um, more, you know, I guess luscious take on it with some milk sugars and vanilla and almonds. So it's that nectar cream wedding cake Snowball that I guess it's a hot take, but probably everyone's favorite Snowball out there in New Orleans. But. I know, so you got to crack it so you can see what it's about. <laughs> and, you know, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, it's so cute. It's so clever. It's so tasty. But then I go, oh, my God, I imagine it's quite scientific. It is. I, I think getting the ratios down for the flavors, and, you know, we talked about balance earlier. No one wants to drink something that's one-dimensional or overbearing or too sweet or, or um, it just all out of sorts. So that's something, you know, we take into account. Um I like to add a little bit, and we'll taste it. You know, I'll make a tea or, or however I'm going to add the flavors and just add enough to see how it tastes and then kind of taper up from there. Kind of like not throw, you don't throw in a whole pound of salt. You kind of to taste. So everything's to taste. And Yeah, so and also just to, I guess, walk you through the nectar cream snowball juice. It is that hazy New England-style IPA. And what's a character of this style that it isn't so bitter. You're going to get like more of a juiciness. You're getting a nice softness to it. It's going to have a lower IBU. So that's international bittering units. Um, And I think that you'll find that you can taste it. I know you're not a huge IPA girl. So (laughs) I'm dying to know if this is up your lane or not. It's not my thing. Mm -hmm. But I can appreciate how it, it hits your taste buds. 
Um, Because you you get the bitter, you get the sweet, and then you get this kind of like fruit um, Mm -hmm. that kind of hits me at the end. And so I can appreciate the complexity of it. that's all we want. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all. That's I mean, all I appreciate it. As Amy a, is so funny. As a, the recipe and the the you, complexity of it. You didn't spit it out, so that's okay. No, I go, no, I would never do that in front of you. No. <laughs> I go over her house, like you know, crawfish oils, all this stuff, bring in all the beer, and all she wants to drink is Paradise Park, which is fine. <laughs> it's fine. for the guests. It's, a good beer. it's for the guests. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's, we all have the things yeah. we like, and mm-hmm. we like that's what fine. we like. <laughs> Well, so Urban South is celebrating their three year. So how has that process come around? Because I know it seemed like all of a sudden, you know, a few years ago, it was like, hey, Louisiana has breweries. Yeah, this is exciting. And then now you're at three years. That's been kind of a crazy process. Yeah, it's uh, we've we've grown very, very fast. Um, We. We're We're the third largest brewery in Louisiana right now, and we are the largest in New Orleans, which are, I mean, it's it's really incredible to think it only has been three years. Alex came on just after the one-year anniversary. I was still an intern giving tours out back, so it's just really crazy to see the growth and the general change. Just the landscape of the brewery itself has changed. If if you haven't been there recently, I mean, we've added, we have a new little like standing bar area. We added a grain silo in the middle of the brewery and every day we go in there, it's projects going on. It's usually fairly loud. So, but it, it's, it's insane. You know, three years ago, we were just cranking out some beers. They started with two beers and, you know, now we're putting out 16 on year three as unique offerings. I mean, that's pretty impressive, like very humbling too, to, to feel the love from the community. But, and so I guess with the the market and what's happening here in New Orleans, Urban South, when they opened three years ago, um, you know, they were kind of like ahead ahead of the curve. And I, you know, I see um, these other breweries opening and I imagine it's exciting for y'all to see the variety that is now available and that, you know, there's not only like two choices in New Orleans of locally brewed beers. Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time. Louisiana is still playing catch up in the craft beer scene, but I think it's in a way that maybe we're so far behind some trends that we get to go off on our own path and get to really self-identify like who Louisiana is as a craft beer scene, what we're doing. And we have great companions throughout the state. I think it's a pretty competitive market in that way, too. But also Um, a friendly market, too. I think everyone gets along. There's a lot of great beers out there, and I think there's a there's a lot of space for everyone to to get a hold of the market and and sell their beers. But you know, no one's you know no one's backstabbing anybody. Yeah. And it's all friendly. No, and, it's awesome. What do you think that Louisiana is doing differently on the craft beer scene that you're not seeing in other states? Like, are we are we being innovative with something? Like, are we being exciting? Are we seeing a local trend? Well, I think a trend right now in the craft beer scene in general is kind of moving towards that light lager, which really does make sense in the state of Louisiana. Um, Going into like the research for Paradise Park, 90% of our state is still drinking a light lager. So that very much made sense um, to do in this sort of environment. And you'll see that other craft breweries 
um, and throughout Louisiana are starting to do that as well. And that was a market that no one had tapped. I mean, we, you know, we're only three years old. There's breweries way ahead of us, Abita and, and Nola, and no one was really going that direction. So it was kind of a golden opportunity to seize that at, a, at such a great price point, especially in the stores. Um, and just make a nice crushable lager that, you know. And it was crushable because when it first came out, I was like, oh, my God, like there was a run at Rouse's on Crawfish Boil Sundays where people would buy it out. And I'm like, no, no, I need that one. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's really fun to see what's happening. It's fun to see that Urban South has grown so tremendously in three years and that for those of us who do want to just try something mm-hmm. that – we don't have to love it, mm-hmm. but right. we can we can try it because if we go down to the brewery, like I don't have to buy a whole case. I can right. you know taste yeah. it. And I don't think we've made anything that's been been awful. I think uh, everything it may not be for you, but I think everything has been and subtle point. enough and and you know you get it and you may not appreciate it or or like it, but you appreciate you know the you know the flavors that that have come together. But. And and the hard work and time and energy that goes into yeah. creating it. And, you know, just like, you know, everybody's palate's not the same, but it is exciting. And if we don't try things, we're never going to change our palate. Yeah. Right. Because the only way to know what we love is to try things. Keep trying. And yeah. that's why this, this 16 beer release is going to be great. It's something for everybody, um, except for the kids. But um, <laughs> we will have sodas and Things like that on top, so they can have those. So, I mean, if you could tell everybody um, where y'all are located, how they can find out more, and how they can follow everything that's happening with Urban South. For sure. So, we are on 1645 Tropatulis. If you're familiar with the road, it's right. We're kind of like on that island where you have two lanes of traffic instead of one. Um, Mardi Gras World and Walmart are our (laughs) closest landmarks. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook, we are Urban South Beer, and um, we have our website as well, but I would say that social media is our most reliable form of communication. And I'm loving this blueberry coffee thing. I think it's so fun and interesting. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're, we're very excited. It's probably the beer I'm most excited about because it's so unique, um, but we'll see. We'll see what mm-hmm. everyone thinks. But yeah, it's great. Well, I want to thank y'all so much. For my listeners out there, uh, we've had Abby Perkins and Alex Flores from Urban South Brewery. And you have been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sense. Until next time, ciao.